We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're just a few days out from the Christmas clash that we've already been previewing for what seems like days, if not weeks at this point. But it's a week 16 Monday night football matchup between the Ravens and the 49ers. And as Kyle Hamilton suggested this week, yeah, they're both 11 and three, but he thinks they're created unequal, which is interesting. So we're going to get into all that and more with our 49ers guest. It's actually a fellow Blue Wire podcaster by the name of Kyle Madsen. We'll tell you more about what he hosts and what he does, including the co-host of the Candlestick Chronicles on Blue Wire podcast. But uh, can't you feel the anticipation building here almost like minute upon minute coming up till Monday? I, I, Christmas can't get here soon enough. And and it's not just because of the gifts like that's what it is for my kids. But like, I can't wait for Christmas night to get here. This is going to as what Marlon Humphrey said. I feel like it's going to be the regular season game of the year. Yeah, you just hope that it lives up to the expectations, right? They're they're both dominating their conferences. They're both, you know, in a in a pretty dang clear cut position to go after and chase that top overall seed in in the NFC and AFC respectively. So you just hope that it's almost like too good to be true. You hope that it lives up to the hype on Monday night. Before we get to Kyle, this episode is brought to you by our friends at Thoroughbred Sedan Van and Bus LLC, and they want to know: you need a ride to BWI? What about Dulles or Reagan? Maybe you're getting married and you need guest shuttles. Please call our friends over at Thoroughbred Sedan Van and Bus, Baltimore's most reliable and affordable uh, ground transportation provider. If you do, uh, they're safer than rideshare mobile apps. Drivers are professional and background screened and vehicles remain meticulously detailed. And Sarah, you know this. My sister Tori just got in for the holidays from Denver. She got a cheap flight to Baltimore. And now she and I are driving back to upstate New York on Friday morning, but Thoroughbred was nice enough to go pick her up from BWI after 1 a.m. So they work around the clock. Tori was really, really impressed just with the experience. And you've probably seen them maybe, for those of you in the Baltimore area, around the Beltway at Ravens and Orioles games, perhaps. So if you're interested, book your next ride with Thoroughbred. You can check out their user-friendly booking website by visiting www.ridethoroughbred.com. All that information can be found in the top of the show notes below. As promised, the Insiders host, ESPN Sacramento, Candlestick Chronicles co-host within the Blue Wire podcast family, the managing editor at the Niners Wire. We told him we'd dress him up, Sarah. You know we had to do this. He Kyle Madsen out of Sacramento. 
technically in the Bay Area, works in Sacramento. Good friends, online friends, with a former co-worker of mine by the name of Joe Paparato, which is why this even happened in the first place. So, Kyle, welcome inside the vault. How we do with that intro? That was really great. I appreciate you guys a lot. That makes me sound far more important than I am, and that's <laughs> that's uh, that's professional by you. Thank you. Listen, as a fellow radio guy, or at least you know former for me, I think we can relate on a, on a lot of levels. You're grinding, you're driving all over the the West Coast out there to do what you do. We want to get your 49ers perspective today. Apparently, if we ever need Sacramento Kings content, you're the guy to go to. But for now, let's begin yeah, with the 11 and three San Francisco 49ers, and we always try to ask our guests off the top. You know, the general state of this team through 15 weeks is what? Uh, they're pretty good. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, they had that, they had that stumble from, from week six to six to eight, where they lost three consecutive games to, to Cleveland and then Minnesota and then Cincinnati, uh, outside of that though, uh, they've been, they've been pretty dominant, uh, against everybody they've played. That includes, you know, the, there was the week five Sunday night clash with the Cowboys where they blow out Dallas 42 to 10. There was the Sunday afternoon game out there in Philly, an NFC title game rematch, and they go blow out Philly 42 to 19 or whatever the final was. And now there's now there's this one. This is the next kind of big check mark on the on the schedule. That was the case before the season because the Ravens are always going to be good. You know, it's just how healthy is Lamar going to be? You know, what what are they going to you know, we don't we don't see the Ravens a lot. So it's just it's Lamar Jackson's really good. And John Harbaugh's a heck of a coach. So that's going to be a tough game. And now they had that game against Dallas. They had that game against Philly, and now you circle this one. And it's like, man, this this is to me going to be their their toughest game of the year. So I feel like there's so many different avenues for bragging rights in this game. It's going to be like who's the best in the NFL, right? It's going to be like mm-hmm. who makes a case for MVP. It's going to be who's got the better inside linebacker duo. So we'll get we'll hit up all those. So let's start with the quarterback before we get into the MVP talk. Can you tell us? What the heck? How is how is Brock Purdy so good? Like, just educate us out here on the East Coast where we don't get to watch him very much. So Brock Purdy is not going to blow your socks off with what he does physically, right? Like, you see Lamar Jackson, for example. What he does physically is unbelievable. Just with his escapability, what he does on the run, what he can do with his arm. Like his his arm his arm talent is insane. Same thing, Josh Allen. Uh, Jalen Hurts. He's not. He's not going to be one of those guys necessarily. But uh, he plays the position very surgically. Uh, he's athletic enough to move around in the pocket. He has a really good feel for the pocket. Uh, he doesn't make a lot of really bad throws. He's accurate down the field. He's accurate in in the intermediate areas for sure. Uh, and he extends plays more than a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo did. Or um, uh, I mean, I mean, really anybody that the 49ers have had, I'm not going to list other guys you probably don't care, but, um, they, he is functionally athletic with a good enough arm to attack teams downfield. And I think that's the big misconception with Purdy is he's not just checking it down every time. Like, did the Niners get a lot of yak? Yes, that's how they're built. That's that's what they want to do. Uh, but at the same time, he will push it down the field a lot. You can't. With, with Jimmy Garoppolo, you could pretty much play the Niners within a 10-yard box and inside the hash marks. And if you did that, you were going to take away a lot of throws out of their playbook because Garoppolo wasn't accurate down the field. He was not accurate on those deep outs. Um, he was not... He he His arsenal of throws wasn't there. For, for Purdy, his arm isn't maybe as strong as Jimmy Garoppolo's, but 
Uh, he's far more accurate. He's far more dangerous down the field. And if you try and box the Niners into that 10 yard box inside the hashes, uh, Purdy's Purdy's going to beat you with his arm. So uh, that's, that's, I think the big misconception is despite the fact he's not crazy athletic, he does, he does beat teams in that, you know, deep throw area, that 20 to 30 yards down the field. We're definitely going to get back to Brock as it pertains to the MVP conversation. Cause I know you've been uh, definitely mixing it up on Twitter with some of the comparisons to Lamar, where this race Insane. is, could it be decided Monday night? I mean, there's a lot to discuss, which we'll get to, but I, I wanted to kind of talk about the whole underdog villain role that apparently the Ravens are embracing or in Kyle Hamilton's case, they actually feel disrespected by the fact that they're an underdog, according to the sports books around the country. Here he was mm-hmm. just in case you missed it yesterday at the podium i think yes and no uh i think internally we don't feel that way um externally i don't know what it is whether it's i don't know what it is but whether it's the lack of primetime games we've got or whatever but i think um the 11 and threes are not created equal right now um in terms of the 49ers versus us and um we feel a little disrespected by that uh i feel like we are the best team in the league and uh we got an opportunity in front of the country to show it so, Kyle, that clip has gotten some run on social media. It's only been up for less than 24 hours. So I wonder, one, has it gotten back to San Francisco from your vantage point? And two, being that they are favorites, and I don't want to say heavy favorites. You never know. Uh, five and a half. I don't know if that's deemed as as being a heavy favorite. But uh, what do you make of, of San Francisco in terms of how they tend to handle themselves as a favorite in this type of situation? Yeah, I don't – it's it's interesting because they've they – I think they're so focused because you have to remember the the core of this team, Debo Samuel, Fred Warner, um, Brandon Ayuk to a lesser extent, uh, Trent Williams for for different reasons, but but Kyle Juszczyk's been around, Kyle Shanahan, of course. They've lost a Super Bowl in 2019. They've lost two consecutive NFC title games. Week 16 against against Baltimore, like it's a good team. It's a it's it's a a game that they're going to want to go out and and win and you know prove all the things you guys talked about earlier there's the mvp stuff there's the who's the best team in the league stuff there's all that but i think they're so heavily focused on on trying to get to las vegas in february that i don't necessarily know that that you know kyle hamilton saying that is is something that's going to dramatically impact their focus or their uh, attention to this game i mean they they need to they need to win out to to get the number one seed and i think that's kind of their focus so I don't think that there's any added like juice because of that. They're not suddenly like, oh, we need to go win this game now because that was that was always going to be the case. So um, as far as what Kyle Hamilton said, um, I, I I think the spread's like six right now, which seems crazy to me. Oh, did it move? Uh, it, yeah, I, what I saw is five and a half or six. I I, yeah. I haven't I haven't seen it since it opened, but uh, like that seems like a lot to me. And I don't want to step on the rest of the conversation. We can talk about that later, but. Um, so I, I get it from that perspective, but like books are trying to get equal money on both sides. They don't, I don't think they necessarily think the Ravens are, are six points worse than the 49ers. Uh, there's just, you know, that public perception of, Hey, the Niners are just kind of steamrolled everybody, including Dallas and Philly. Um, so they're just trying to get that equal money on both sides. But I get, I, I mean, if, if that's what, what Baltimore is, is, uh, going to use to get fired up, then, um, I mean, more power to them. I just don't know that what, what. Hamilton said is going to necessarily matter for for San Francisco. Sure. And what's funny, the way you just described it, like when you talked about 2019, Lamar, that was the year the Ravens went 14 and two, and then we're one and done in the playoffs. So from like Kyle Hamilton's a younger guy, 
You know what I mean? And so like he's second year, whereas like when Lamar was asked, like, is this a Super Bowl, Super Bowl preview? He's like, there's no Super Bowl in December. Like we're yeah. just trying to go one and out yeah. this week, you know? So it's all about what right. you've been through and you realize, mm-hmm. wow, this is a big moment. It's not as big as like where you, you're trying to get to. But catch me up to speed. Bobby said that you've been mixing up on Twitter with MVP talk. What I, I haven't seen any of that. Catch me up to speed. So well, can I, I give you some context, go, Kyle, before you? Yeah, yeah. go ahead. This because this is what I was doing, just prepping for for this interview. So, you okay. know, Kurt Banker, he he tweeted out that Purdy's the modern day Drew Brees with more athleticism. David Lombardi, who was in the San Francisco market, works for the Athletic, writes for the Athletic. He says that Brock Purdy is Drew Brees with Lamar Jackson's ten yard burst, which is exactly what Kyle Shanahan said he was looking for at the QB position in 2021. And then he went on to quote Shanahan, "You want to find Drew Brees." who can move like Lamar Jackson. Well, our guy here uh, took exception to that. And I don't know if you were serious about this, unsubscribing <laughs> or whatever, whether or not this was sarcasm or whatever, but why I'm unsubscribing from the athletic Kyle tweets, the Brock Purdy is a cross between <laughs> Drew Brees and Lamar Jackson take. So explain yourself. But I don't want to look, I don't, um, I disagree. <laughs> Agree with that. Okay, first of all, it has now yeah. since been found out via Reddit that that Lamar Jackson ten yard split thing is just like made up out of thin air. There, he didn't test the combine. There's no data out there outside of that. And like, apparently, if you Google it, it comes up with the Reddit post and then and then that tweet you just showed. So I don't want. I'm not. I don't want to like drag a writer who's on the beat and he covers the team and he's there every day and he's in the locker room. Like, okay, great. Um let's just say that's true. Okay. Let's just go to the hypothetical world where Brock Purdy and Lamar Jackson have the same 10 yard burst. Okay. Saying that Lamar Jackson, or excuse me, Brock Purdy moves like Lamar Jackson because of that 10 yard burst is intellectually dishonest to me. Like what makes (laughs) Lamar Jackson special as a runner is not his 10 yard burst. Like, I don't, I don't care. That's, that's outrageous. If Lamar, if, if Brock Purdy moved like Lamar Jackson and they use him the way they use him, then it is coaching malpractice by the 49ers that they're not calling more designed runs for him, but they don't call more designed runs for him. Do you know why? Because he doesn't run like Lamar Jackson. <laughs> it's outright, no, it's a, taking a, a, d- a data point, a fake data point, mind you. It's taking a data point and using it to fit this narrative to, to the, not even a narrative. That's the wrong word I'm looking for. Using it to, to fit this like diluted conception that, that Brock Purdy is this yeah. super athlete. Like, okay. He has a good little 10 yard burst and he shows it sometimes like he will, he'll, he'll pull away from a defender around the edge and get a first down on a scramble. He's really good at escaping the pocket and, and getting away and resetting his feet and making a throw. But in no world, can you honestly say, can you honestly watch those two quarterbacks play and go, yeah, number 13 moves just like number eight. I can see that. So I, I I hate that he like Brock Purdy does not need additional uh hyperbole to to make what he's done credible. Like he's a he has shown that he is the he's a final pick in the draft and he is a viable starting NFL quarterback. Where you rank him, I don't care. Like that's not the discussion. It, trying to say that, oh yeah, no, he's like he's Drew Brees, which what? <laughs> First of all, second of all, like he's the guy started less than a. I, I guess he's just over a full season for the games. Can we hold off on the Drew Brees comparison? First of all, Drew Brees is a Hall of Famer who had what seven five thousand yard seasons. Like, let's pause on that. And then you don't need to bring Lamar Jackson into discussion because of a ten yard burst. Like Lamar Jackson is the best running quarterback of all time. Like full stop. 
So to try and put Brock Purdy in that conversation because of a, a now made up 10 yard burst, that's insane to me. So I just, um, I, I really took exception to that whole thing. And Kyle, uh, you're I, already I, one of my favorite guests. I feel like <laughs> I loved that passionate. I loved that passion. And you're living in reality. And to your point, like here, here's what's funny is like in Baltimore, nobody has anything against Brock Purdy, right? Like there's, they're like going head to head for the MVP. And so you yeah. want to tuck up Lamar, but you don't want to like bash another guy because they're both being great. But what you're doing when you start putting statements out there like that, you're going to make fans start going after Purdy now. And Purdy didn't even do it and say it, you know, because it's like, come on, this is this is dumb. And then they'd have to start knocking down Purdy to show why that's not true. It's just not even it's not even fair to put those names out there for him because now he has to live up to it. I I, I am right there with you. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I, I don't I don't understand the the need or the want to to do that. Like you can point out that Brock Purdy is functionally athletic or maybe more athletic than, than teams thought he was, or, you know, he's better at using his athleticism than teams thought he would. You can point that out without mm -hmm. bringing Lamar freaking Jackson into the discussion. Like there's just no, there's no need for that. Can you give us then without the hyperbole, what would be the case for Purdy to become the MVP? Like what's your best case for him? The, so um, the best case for him. So I'm in the camp that, I mean, up until recently, I was in the Tyreek Hill should probably win the MVP camp. Um, if he was going to go for like 2,200 yards and 20 right. touchdowns or whatever. Yeah. Um, but that seems to have kind of been derailed and it does seem like it's, it's down to Lamar and, and, and Purdy and, and maybe Christian McCaffrey. I don't know. But, um, the case for Purdy is just that when you look historically at his production, that quarterbacks who produce at this level win the MVP. Uh, it, it, particularly if they're on the number one seed, right? Um, it, it's become a quarterback award, and I think what a lot of voters do, and and I don't know this for sure, I don't know that many voters, but it wouldn't shock me if a lot of voters just went, okay, who are the best teams? Okay, the 49ers are the number one seed in the NFC. Okay, let's look. Okay, let's look at the stats. Okay, Brock Purdy had 4,500 yards and and 35 touchdowns and nine interceptions, and he averaged like 9.9 .9 yards per attempt or whatever. Excuse me. It, it's I, I think that's kind of the case is it's just a strictly numbers case. Um, mm. But I also hear the argument against that where, um, you know, he's surrounded by Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk is a, is a heck of a player and George Kittle and, and the best left tackle maybe ever in Trent Williams. And he has an offensive minded coach that is, you know, scheme wise at the on the cutting edge of offensive football. And like I get I get all that. I get I get the context. But I, I think the MVP case does come down to look at these numbers. He is the quarterback of perhaps the best team in football and he's putting up the numbers to show it. And that's what voters are going to look at. Right. We can get into the weeds as much as we want. Sometimes it's it's that simple uh, at that right, level yeah. in voters' minds. Not to get not to get more into the weeds than we already have, because we do want to learn. We do want to <laughs> learn more about the San Francisco team outside of Brock Purdy, because, you know, to me, it's going to be won and lost in, in the trenches. And specifically, it might be this this pass rush that the Ravens are going to have to deal with with tackles that have been there's been a rotation going on. So we're going to get to that in mm -hmm. just a second. But how much weight do you put on? this this quarterback friendly system that you you've watched these San Francisco 49ers for a long time under Kyle mm -hmm. Shanahan so you know how does that come into the discussion too being that it is a system that we've learned a lot about over the years that is very very advantageous for the quarterback position yeah i would uh, the my i i don't 
disagree uh, because obviously the data backs up that that quarterbacks play their best under Kyle Shanahan. And that's just kind of the facts, whether it's Matt Schaub or Matt Ryan or Jimmy Garoppolo, who we saw be a disaster with the Raiders this year. Or, I mean, we don't know what Brock Purdy looks like outside of this, but Mr. Irrelevant had never thrown a pass in the NFL before before Brock Purdy. And now he's in the MVP conversation. So uh, to me, that, that points to Shanahan a little bit. The The pushback I would I would give on that is. A, the stuff Purdy is doing outside of structure in the offense, he does a lot on the move, escaping the pocket, making second, third reads, uh, creating throwing lanes with his legs, uh, creating creating yards where Jimmy Garoppolo took a lot of sacks. He never threw the ball away. Uh, Purdy is really good at escaping the pocket and then keeping his eyes down the field while he's escaping the pocket and finding open receivers down the field. Like That's not scheme. That's just that's Purdy being individually good. Um, and if you go look at the, the argument I hear a lot is, well, Nick Mullins threw for the second most yards ever in his first 16 starts because of Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, Nick Mullins stinks. Like if we're keeping it a stack, like Nick Mullins was not throwing a ton of touchdowns. He was throwing a ton of interceptions. He was turning the ball over. He wasn't running this offense at the level that that Brock Purdy is running it. Jimmy Garoppolo never ran it at the level that Brock Purdy is running it. So yeah, the system helps for sure, but Purdy has elevated it beyond anything that I, I think anybody maybe outside of Matt Ryan uh, has, has done with Kyle Shanahan. So uh, that's the, that's the, pushback I, I have on that understanding fully that it helps but um purdy is not just to me another product of of point and shoot kyle shanahan offense cool so if you were um ravens defensive coordinator mike mcdonald knowing this offense as well as you do in the in san francisco what is the best way to slow down all of these weapons. I mean, you've named them all several times. Debo Samuel, George Kittle, it goes on and on and on. What is the best? I mean, you can't stop them, but what would be the best way to slow them down? I actually think the Ravens have a really good formula to do that. Um, one of the big weaknesses uh, on the 49ers offensive line, and I think if they're, if they, if they're not going to win a Super Bowl, I think it's going to come down to this. The interior of their offensive line is not great. Um, the right side of their mm-hmm. offensive line in particular struggled. And when you throw a player like Justin Matabuike in the middle of their offensive line, um, I think they're going to really struggle to stop him. <laughs> um, and then you add Jadavian Clowney on the outside. And, um, oh my God, who's the, who's their other edge? Um, uh, Owe? Odafe Owe. Mm-hmm. Odafe yeah. Owe, thank you. Um, Van Noy's even you, in there. He's been yeah, good yeah. Sure. They have, they have yeah. so much talent on the, on the defensive front. Um, and the key here, and this is why part of why the 49ers are so good is you guys mentioned earlier, the, the Ravens linebackers with Roquan Smith and Patrick queen and the athleticism in the second level to maybe hang with Debo Samuel or George Kittle, uh, Kyle Hamilton too. I don't want to leave him out, um, to, to go cover a Debo Samuel or George Kittle or a Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield. Like if you can limit the number of resources you're throwing at those, at those players where, um, like, like, I don't know if you saw Debo Samuel's first touchdown the other day was just a little misdirection, naked boot. And the Cardinals just lost him because they're devoting so many resources. To, okay. Here's Kittle. Here's Ayuk. Yeah. There's McCaffrey. And oh, Samuel sneaks out the backside. If you can just say, Hey, um, Roquan Smith, you're running with George Kittle or, mm-hmm. uh, Kyle Hamilton, you're following around Christian McCaffrey. If you can do that with winning on the on the uh, in, in the trenches with their defensive line like i like i think they can uh, that's where i think you can do some stuff that particularly cleveland 
uh, did a really, really great job. And and I don't think Baltimore's defense is, is quite as good as Cleveland's, but um, it's still a very, very good unit. And I, I, I think that McDonald is one of the best defensive coordinators in, in the league, just in terms of what he does scheme wise and mixing things up and not just throwing the same defense at you uh, game after game. Because if you're doing that, Kyle Shanahan's going to learn your defensive rules and he's going to tear you apart. So I think that they can throw enough wrinkles at the 49ers offense to slow them down in a way that, uh, that not a lot of teams have, have been able to do. I mean, even the, even the Bengals and the Vikings, the Niners only scored 17 points in those games. But if you go watch them, the Niners are moving the ball. They turned it over a couple of mm-hmm. times. There's like a missed field goal in there. There's a bad turnover in the red, two bad turnovers in the red zone in, in, in each of those games, they were moving the football. Um, I think they averaged over like, uh, they were, they were up near eight yards of play. I don't think they got over eight yards of play, but they were near eight yards of play in those two games. I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case against Baltimore. I think they're just too talented and too well coached. So Kyle, I mean, on the other side of the football, like I mentioned a minute ago, I know I have concerns about the way that the Ravens tackles will fare with the pass rush. One, how dominant is this pass rush in San Francisco? And two, what do you make of a couple matchups there? What's, what's one that you're looking at? in particular because obviously when you go ahead and get chase young and wanted up becoming a a a fire sale essentially in washington and i'm sure there's going to be a total overhaul with the general manager and head coach in the next couple weeks um Mm -hmm. but but when you also have bosa and the likes of the other you know pieces that you have there um you know that productivity is is certainly going to be a thing that's their calling card yeah so this is actually like if we uh i i I hate keys to the game because they're ostensibly always the same thing. It's like (laughs) no turnovers. Yeah. Win the turnover battle, (laughs) score in the red zone, get off the field on third down like that. (laughs) Yeah, that's the, um, but I, I, so I, I say that to say, I think one of the big keys to this game is the 49ers defensive tackle situation. Um, Both Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead were out against the Arizona Cardinals. And I think the Cardinals are, are probably a little bit better than their record, but they went for 234 yards on 30 carries. Arizona did last week. And if Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead are not in the lineup, um, they're one of their other, their second year defensive tackle, Kalia Davis, who, who uh, finally debuted this year in week 13. He had some injury stuff. Uh, he just got hurt again and went on IR. So they're down to uh, Javon Kinlaw, uh, former first round pick and Kevin Givens, a former undrafted guy, two perfectly fine players, but perfectly fine in like their rotation guys and not their starting and playing 70% of the snaps. And then if, if it's not Hargrave and, and, and Armstead, excuse me, that it's like a couple practice squad guys that they're bringing up for that game. Mm. And you're doing that against uh, this Ravens team. Um, I understand that Keaton Mitchell's out, but I mean, you could put the three of us, I think in their run game and, and we could get four yards of carry uh, with, with Lamar doing <laughs> stuff with the, with the zone read. So um, yeah, that's my big concern with this game actually is what are the Niners defensive tackles situation look like? Cause if Hargrave and Armstead are playing, then that's kind of one of the matchups I'm watching because when they win inside um, and get that pressure up the middle, that is, that's when the Niners get, get really deadly defensively because then your quarterback is escaping to chase young or Nick Bosa. So that's that's kind of the the big thing is those two defensive tackles because they are they are good pass rushers Armstead and Hargrave, uh, but they're also much better against the run than than anything the Niners are going to throw out there um, if they're out. So um, 
I'd, I'd be focusing if, if you're a Ravens fan, I'd be watching very closely for Niners practice reports and seeing yeah. what exactly the injury situation is with, uh, with Hargrave and Armstead. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on those, those injury reports. So our final question is the same to all guests. Can you give us a prediction and a score with it if you want? Yeah, I, I go back and forth on this. So, um, I, there's, Hmm. It, it depends a lot on what I just talked about. The Niners mm-hmm. defensive tackle situation. Uh, if they don't play, I think the Ravens score like a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think if they don't play, I think you see like a 34, 23 type of win for Baltimore. Uh, if they do play, uh, I think things get much more interesting. And if they do play, um, San Francisco being at home, um, Baltimore having played uh, Sunday night. Uh, I, I like the 49ers to win if those guys do play um, like 27, 24, something like that. Um, but I don't feel super confident. I think I think Baltimore is is really, really good. I'm just going off of um, every time the Niners have played a, a team that was supposed to be like, oh, this is the marquee matchup of the year. Uh, they've gone in and, and hung up 40 points and, and one going away. I don't think that's going to be the case in, in this game, though. I think I think Baltimore, in particular, we were talking about the spread earlier. I think Baltimore covers regardless. Uh, whether they win outright, I think is just going to come down to health on the Niners defensive line. Right now, five and a half is still the number I'm seeing over that's under so set many. at 46 and a half. I know, I know. It's, so but Sarah and I were talking in the intro before we brought you in. Like, there's can this meet expectations? This is the game of the year. Most people, yeah. cons- I feel like that's a consensus. I hope it doesn't turn out to be a dud. And I hope there's right? not like five injuries in the first quarter. You know what I mean? Well, like, let's keep everybody same. healthy and let's see it yeah. play out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, so it's kind of, it's, it's, I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm hyped for this game. But on Candlestick Chronicles, we were talking to a uh, guy who's been a writer in the Bay Area for a long time, Tim Kawakami. And he, because of the way things shook out last week, the 49ers now in the NFC have a full game lead on on the three teams that are 10 and four that's uh dallas philly and detroit and then the niners are going to have tiebreakers over all of them just Mm -hmm. because when you start like charting out what the tiebreakers are the niners are going to have tiebreakers if they go two and one or that they 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 get the one seed if they go two and one and losing to an afc team would not would not sting as bad as losing to an NFC West team or, or an NFC yeah. team in, in, in Washington. So he tried to make the case that like, yeah, you know, it's a good, but you know, does it Philly to me? I'm like, Hey man, no, <laughs> uh, I, I don't agree with that. I, I, I want to see, because you guys said it, there's the MVP stuff. There's the, who's the best team in the league stuff. And I think if we talk to Aaron shots on the podcast as well, from, from the FTN network, he's a guy that invented DVOA. He was kind of like, it's the Niners and the Ravens are are just so far ahead of everybody right now. Um, and and that's that's what I'm excited for is just kind of see that. And then uh, hopefully we get to see a little bit different version of it in, in February. Kyle A. Madsen, that's what you can be found on Twitter. Let everybody know. I mean, we dressed you up at the top, and I want to hear your version of it. So tell everybody <laughs> where you're at, what you've got coming up over these next couple of days and where they can find you. Yeah, tough loss for the Kings last night. They uh, fell to the Jason Tatumless Celtics. I'll be talking about that today. No, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, listen to that radio <laughs> voice, there. You hear yeah, that? I heard it there. It came out. <laughs> uh, Ninerswire.com is the website, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, typically do more stuff there once uh, the week of practice starts. Um, and then Candlestick Chronicles uh, with my with my co-host Chris Biederman 
we will have uh, we'll have a couple episodes out. No, there's there's one out now. We'll have a little game preview episode out, and then we're not doing anything Monday. Uh, I want to enjoy uh, my Christmas, so uh, we'll have another post game pod out Tuesday if anybody cares about that. And then uh, yeah, ESPN 1320 in Sacramento on the free Odyssey app. Uh, if anybody's looking to get dialed into some Sacramento slash Bay Area sports talk, uh, we're your we're your guys, the insiders from. Hey, I love to, the Kings. I love the Kings back in the day. Eastern. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they they they're really fun. They're good. Um, maybe flawed in a couple of of key ways, but they are uh, undoubtedly fun to watch if you have league pass and are looking for a team to watch. So. Yeah, it's nice to see the resurgence there. And shout out to my guy from the 518 upstate New York, Kevin Herter, for showing his longevity in the league. It's been a lot of fun. I think he's going to stick around for a long time if he continues to be more than than just a role player. So, Kyle, we really appreciate it, man. Special thanks to to Joe Paparato here in Baltimore for setting this up. And uh, and it's nice that you're in the corner of the studio right now. you got your nice handheld mic. People are doing all kinds of stuff behind you. This is great. So I was gonna I was gonna bring over the real radio mic here and act like I was talking into that one, but actually I had this. We know you're big time. We know it. We got you. So thanks so much for the time, brother. Enjoy the game. Appreciate it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And Merry Christmas to you and yours as well, Kyle. So, man, I tell you what, I I think we need to selfishly wait for Armstead and Hargrave, uh, the first injury yeah. report, to make these these predictions. I say we wait until till Friday's morning vault. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. I want to see who's who's healthy and uh, want to see Zay Flowers and OBJ make sure they're practicing, yeah. like all that kind of stuff. I mean, I assume he will be based off of the comments and the reports, but you just want to see it. So. Uh, but man, it's it's funny, Bobby, because he, yeah, you and I have been around reporters our whole lives, and there's just a massive difference when you bring on a print guy, yeah. who print guys like Jeff Zrebeck, right, are like encyclopedias, right, yeah. and just just know everything what they're talking about. But the print guys, and then you get a a, a radio guy, the rant he went on. With the the uh, you know Drew Brees and whatever, like I was like, this is why it's fun to have on a radio guy every once in a while or a TV guy, just because like, just just you love to hear the passion, you love how they're able to articulate it. I just thought he was you know phenomenal. Oh yeah, super entertaining, yeah. and and it's funny. Like I think you may have seen that I built out the shell prior to the conversation. I knew exactly where this was going based on his tweet. <laughs> You know, like that's that's where this was going. Uh, I don't know if it's the radio background or just having dug into his tweets 
deeply yeah. before we began, but but it's funny how that ended up be kind of coming coming to fruition. So he was really good. Go hit him up on Twitter at Kyle A. Madsen. We do want to be sure to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons while we're at it here inside the vault. Uh, Rick Henry and Matt DiMaggio are supporting us through Patreon this month. We certainly appreciate you guys. So shout out Rick, shout out Matt. If you guys are interested in doing the same out there and you don't already, visit patreon.com forward slash Ravens Vault Podcast. You've been awfully busy in the last 24 hours or so, not getting ready yeah. for Christmas, but just grinding <laughs> and, you I'm know, just DMing with one Bobby. of your. You're already for Christmas. No surprise there. You're always always <laughs> typically overprepared, whether it's in business, leisure, family, whatever it might be. Uh, and you've just been DMing with one of your heroes. So enlighten us. I, I mean, you know, just me and Steve Young, just BFFs <laughs> over here. No, I'm blown away. Uh, I can tell you, man, my family, my brothers and my dad are already f- freaking out. <laughs> Steve Young is literally the first person I remember watching playing football because he was the quarterback at BYU. We always watched BYU. I think I was three years old is his final year there. So I can't say I remember when I was three watching him, but I always remember seeing like his BYU highlights and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I mean, he was just on all the time. We watched San Francisco all the time because of him. Um, and so I just shot my shot. It was so funny. I don't even know. I didn't think it. I saw you put out the tweet, as you always do. You, 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 you put a tweet out and say, hey, who should we get from the 49ers? And then somebody put out Steve Young. And I was like, well, you know, I'll try. Let me see if his DMs are open. And they were. And I was like, all right. So I'll ask him. So I did. And then I put it out there. I replied to you putting it out there. And then a ton of people kept tagging him. I was like, well, if he, if he opens up the app, he's not going to miss this. Cause so many of our followers on Twitter were tagging him, which we appreciate. I just appreciate our like vault. What's the word army? I don't know, but it was, I think it probably helped. You're yes, muted. It, that, that had to have been oh, a factor. Go. I mean, that, that had to have been a factor. Yeah, because how many DMs does he probably get? And, like, there's no way he looks in all of them. And I, I'm sure he gets – so, anyway, I just think by having, like, 50 people tag him and beg him to come on, it probably helps. So, But I, like, I like went to bed thinking, all right, you know, I shot my shot. I missed, but oh, well. Then I wake up. And I and I see like the that there's a reply and I was like he replied at 1:20 a.m. I was go. like holy crap. So yeah. anyway, it's still early out there in California. We don't have a specific time, but I told him I was like you name your time, buddy, and we are there. Exactly. So we will be prepared at any moment today. I don't care. My kids know. I've already told them. I'm like, listen, kids. I know I promised a few because this is their first day out of school for winter break. I was like. I promise you, I'll make it up. But today, we got to stick around the house, and we got to be ready. Right. So they're you know all what? they're all hype, I, as they should be. I am as yeah. well. And regardless of which way this thing goes, I commend you for you know throwing sticking your neck out there, um, having a fearlessness. Right. I mean, it's like some of it comes to we we've been told as sort of the primary booker for our show. I mean, I've been told no more often than not, and you have yeah. as well throughout your career. And so it just if you keep that persistence, I know we both have, I'm just not speaking to you. I'm just speaking in general right now. Like, yeah, if you keep if one keeps their persistence, yes. You know what I mean, yep. if you're young, you're just, you're just starting your career out, have an unapologetic fearlessness because yep. the worst that they can tell you is no, nobody's going to ever hear about it. Right. Unless it's in a public forum or the way we just did right now. But regardless, yeah. 
Uh, I, I love it. I commend you for for throwing our show out there like that. And regardless, cool that he responded. And maybe it comes into something in the future if it's not this week, you know? So, oh, oh he'll come through. He'll come through, Bobby. <laughs> right. You, you, you hear me, right? I'm like ingrained. Yeah. It's ingrained yeah. in me that's a no, you know? It's yeah, like, I know. And you're like, you're like used to people like falling through, which is true. They do fall through a lot. But, but we re- also remember, well, I was going to say we have through Monday, but we're talking about Christmas Eve and Christmas. So, no, but, uh, you know, hopefully he'll get back to us today. I'd be shocked if he didn't because um, I just don't – because why would he even reply? Like, you don't even need to reply. So, And he knows. He knows. There's been enough people tagging him, and oh, he, he knows, knows I put it out there. He knows. Oh, so. he definitely knows. I'll tell you this, yeah. though. Well, like I said, while, while I handle the majority of, of the, the guest booking, you've and got Nosina and now potentially Steve Young. So I think we're <laughs> even, even though numbers-wise we're not. I think that's hilarious. If you end up getting Steve and Josina, which was in the midst of Lamar's contract negotiations, right, we're right. even. Okay, we're even. Here's what's hilarious, though. <laughs> I can't get anybody from the Ravens. I've like tried with Harbaugh and like, I'm like, dang guys, help me out here. We might, you know, work in there forever. And I know they're busy or whatever, but it's like, I'm getting these random people, but I haven't gotten anybody from the Ravens here. I tried with Zay. I tried with Harbaugh. It's like, don't even get responses. It's crazy. All going to balance out. It'll all balance balance out out, as we always (laughs) say. So, but Huge thanks to Kyle Madsen for dropping by the show. He was super entertaining, and we hope that you appreciated that. Let us know if you have any kind of opinions on um, who you prefer, you know, print versus uh, commentator. I think, you know, it's the best of both worlds oftentimes, but we like to differentiate, and I thought that was a good way to do that today. So for Kyle, for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison, and potentially our future guest, Steve Young, ESPN's own and a Hall of Famer and legend in his own right, both at BYU and in the NFL. I'm Bobby Trossett signing off from this one. Huge thank you to our friends at Thoroughbred for sponsoring this episode. You can go check them out at www.ridethoroughbred.com. Again, all that information can be found in the show notes below. Their official name, Thoroughbred Sedan Van and Bus LLC. So, With all that, appreciate you guys. We will be back on Friday with a morning vault for you as we get ready for Monday Night Football in the Bay Area.